All right, so let's open up our Bibles to the book of Acts. We're going to look in Acts chapter 9, verse 31. We jumped into the book of Acts um, last year, all right, so it would have been August last year, and we had some fun together, kind of journeying through the book of Acts in the fall, um, beginning this journey called Fresh. We're praying for a fresh outpouring of God's Spirit within our church Because we believe that the book of Acts speaks about this, God's spirit working through God's people, unleashing God's movement around the world. And so we get a real picture of um, this beautiful picture of the, the church after Jesus Christ came, lived, died, defeated sin, death, and hell, and then poured his Holy Spirit out upon his followers, living out what God has called us to live out. And so, do you know that we made it in the fall and then in the spring all the way to Acts chapter 9? Acts chapter 9, all right? Before we jump into Acts chapter 10, next week we're jumping into Acts chapter 10. I wanted to look at one more verse in Acts chapter 9 as a way of us reflecting not only what God did over the last year in God's Word, but also as a way of kind of putting before us a challenge putting before us a manifesto. Uh, My family has a a Wilton family manifesto that is the centerpiece of our house. It's a statement of what our church believes, what our our family believes in and what we're called to. And I want my boys, they come down the stairs every day to eat all my food in my house to see this manifesto. I, I want them to be guided by this. And I really praying that today's message out of Acts chapter 9, verse 31, would be a manifesto for us, uh, a prayer for us. And we wouldn't just study the book of Acts together, we wouldn't just preach the book of Acts together, but that we would live the book of Acts together. Now, before we jump and read Acts chapter 9, verse 31, I want to read to you what I just shared on that video where Jesus presents to his disciples, because I live, you also will live. Let the words of Jesus just kind of speak to our hearts this morning. This is out of John 14. Just listen to the word. Let not your hearts be troubled. By the way, Jesus is speaking to his 12 disciples. Um, I'm, I'm trying to do the math. I'm not that smart. I think I see more than 12 people here. You know that God used that small group of people to change the world? I I believe God could use this group of people to change all of Moon Township and the city of Pittsburgh too. He says, let's not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. He says, in my father's house, there are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may also be. And you know the way to where I'm going. Thomas, one of the disciples, says to Jesus, Lord, we do not know where we are going. Great question. Jesus, we want to know. You want to take us to this amazing place, but how do we go there? Where is it? 
And so Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Can I tell you something that that Vintage Church is really passionate about? We're really passionate about Jesus. At the end of the day, I'm not really interested in packing out rooms. I'm not really interested in, you know, Kevin's been talking about getting a a vintage logo tattoo on his right shoulder. Uh, You know, that'd be awesome, Kevin. You know, I think it'd go really well with, you know, all the injuries that he's having and all this other kind of stuff. People are going to really start getting scared of Kevin if he gets a tattoo of the vintage logo right here. But I'm not really interested in you making vintage famous in this city. Uh, What I'm really excited about is seeing vintage church lift high the name of Jesus. Because here we are at the very experience that all of life is about. We're with Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus says, if you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. So Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and it is enough for us. Jesus said, have I been with you so long and still you don't know me, Philip? Anybody here in the room? I'm thankful for the patience and grace of God. <laughs> right? How many times has God had to remind you of some things? I mean, come on, Rob. Are you seriously going to live in such a way that, that you don't even, you know, recognize me or you don't even follow me or you don't? Man, God is so gracious. Here's Jesus loving Philip. He says, whoever has seen me has seen the Father, Philip. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe in me, Thomas, that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. Isn't that awesome? So when we read... Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and we read about the life of Jesus, listen to what Jesus says. Jesus says, yes, I have done some works, but then he goes on, he goes, and greater works than these he will do. Isn't that awesome to know that when we read the book of Acts here, We can read the book of Acts believing that God wants to do far more than we could ever ask, think, or imagine. I know I'm excited about that. Maybe you just want to be miserable in life. Oh, God, I don't want to do anything great. Well, I want to, and this is a great promise from the Lord. And then he says in verse 13, Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son, If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Then he declares, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, or Holy Spirit. The book of Acts, God's Spirit, working through God's people, unleashing God's movement around the world. He's going to be with you forever. And this Spirit of truth, 
whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for why? He dwells in you. Can I just say this today? You can't live for Jesus without Jesus. I pray that if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that today you would receive Jesus Christ into your heart, into your life. God's word says, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, believe where? In your heart, right? You will be saved. And you'll have this promised Holy Spirit that we're going to read about for this series in the book of Acts. It says, you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. If today's a day of salvation, in just a few moments, I'm going to give you an opportunity to give your life to Jesus. And then in verse 18, Jesus says this, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. And then here's the famous lines. Jesus says, because I live, you also will live. Church, let's believe in the name of Jesus this fall together. And let's believe that together as we take this journey, we're not just going to read something. We're not just going to preach something. We're going to live the book of Acts. Amen? Anybody want to believe that? Yes. Praise God. All right. Just felt like the Lord was leading me to share a little intro there. Now let's look in Acts chapter 9, verse 31. Acts chapter 9, verse 31 says this. So the church. We're going to talk about who's the church. Well, it has to be Vintage Church. Vintage Church, the only church in the whole world, most important church in the whole world. We're God's gift to the whole world. Who's the church? Find that out here in just a minute. Throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria. Why is this significant? What did Jesus declare back in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8? They're in Jerusalem. After the miracle of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, Jesus conquers death, appears to his disciples, and although they're right now with this movement in Jerusalem, he says to them, you, my church, my disciples, are going to be my witnesses. A witness is one who has experienced something and is testifying to the world about what they've just experienced. He says, you're going to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, where we are now, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Anybody want to just praise God that from Acts chapter 1 to Acts chapter 9, they're already in Judea and Samaria. When God makes a promise, God delivers. Amen? And here is the gospel of Jesus advancing. And this church now that although at one point was smaller and in Jerusalem was now throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria. Look at this description of the church. This church had peace. Everybody say peace. It's a good word to just say. This church had peace. I don't know about you, but when I look around the world, I don't see 
peace. But the church had peace. And the church not only had peace, it wasn't just chilling, singing kumbaya around a fire pit in the mountains. No. The church was active. The church was on mission. The church was growing. It said it had peace and it was being built up. Praise the Lord. And then the next line is the sweet spot of multiplication. There's a formula there. And if you remember my very last sermon in the book of Acts, we talked about the formula for success. And I read this text. It says this church and walking in the fear of the Lord. Okay, that's one part. And what? The comfort of the Holy Spirit. Fear the Lord plus comfort of the Holy Spirit equals. Boys, you're paying attention. You're about to go to class in math. Mac, I already know. There's a lot of your girlfriends in your math class. You have to pay attention in math. Fear the Lord plus comfort of the Holy Spirit equals, what did the church do? Multiplication. Fear the Lord plus comfort of the Holy Spirit. Multiplication. Can I just real quickly thank the Lord for something? I believe one of the reasons why God has been faithful to now put our church and multiply us back to two locations is because we have been a people who have feared the Lord, who have been comforted by the Holy Spirit, and we have now multiplied to two locations. And if I can just brag real quickly, we're not a mega church. We're not a thousand, thousand people. And when God started to present this vision to us, I'm going to be honest, we freaked out. I want you to know your ministries pastor, location pastor, Ben, he really freaked out because he's a planner. I'm one of these wing it guys. I ask more for forgiveness in my life than permission, okay? And, and we, we were panicking. We were like, oh my gosh, how are we going to do this? Can I just, and, and on behalf of all of us, can we just thank all the people who worked so hard to get everything ready for this day? Can we thank God for everybody here? Man, I don't know if y'all have noticed, we got new signage and new configurations here and the kids ministry and all that kind of stuff. And if you're here and you're part of this church family, jump in the party with us, like roll up your sleeves, man, we're going to have a blast together. Thank you, Lord, for being faithful. But it's all for your glory and it's all because of you. Thank you for allowing us to live out fear of the Lord, comfort of the Holy Spirit, multiplication. All right. I'm going to go real quick. Today's going to be a short one. You're like, I heard that one before. When Pastor Rob says it's going to be a short one, it's going to be another hour. All right, let's keep going. We're going to look at the characteristics of a live the acts church. And I'm really going to try and discipline myself. I want to share these characteristics. I want you to look in our room right now. We have three tables over here. We have three tables over here. We are kicking off a brand new season of our small groups that we call V-groups. And this first week, I'm going to try and do a little less preaching so that you guys can do some more discussing. Because I want you to not just hear the book of Acts. I want you to live it this year. 
And so as I share these characteristics of what a Live the Acts church looks like, I invite you to come and to invite your friends and family. We're providing in week one an amazing dinner. It's going to be free dinner on us. We want to hook you up. And we're going to have a great time here in this place for V groups. Our beautiful ministry called Hope Recovery that serves people who are struggling with addictions and, and loves on people and their family is going to continue to meet here as well. And we're so excited to kind of unite with them. We're planning some fun together this fall where we'll come together. Hope Recovery is going to stay meeting downstairs in our uh, kind of cafe area. And this will be where V Group is on Tuesday nights. But as I present these characteristics to you, I'm going to share a couple scriptures I want you to come ready on Tuesday night at 6.30 to share a meal and to really unpack how we together can live these characteristics out. Y'all, y'all ready? All right, let's go. The first one is this. We are a kingdom united church. If we're going to be a live the acts kind of church, out of Acts chapter 9 verse 31 it says that we should be a kingdom-united church. What does it say? It says, So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria. I don't know if you were with us this past summer, but we got a little glimpse of the Big C Church in Pittsburgh. It was so cool. In July, we met together at Heinz Field where the Steelers are going to lose to the New Orleans Saints this season. And we met there to worship King Jesus. And I think there were like 200-something churches represented, Protestant and Catholic, and we had the time of our lives. It was so, so cool to be there. I had the privilege of being one of the pastors who got to pray over the event, and God moved. Y'all know that in the city of Pittsburgh, we are part of a big move of God called His church. And that church extends not just throughout every corner of Pittsburgh, but to the ends of the earth. Listen to me. If we're going to truly be a live the acts kind of church, we're going to read some stories from Acts chapter 10 and beyond. And you're not just going to find one church doing everything. You're going to find multiple congregations uniting together around one vision, lifting high the name of Jesus. We will not experience the live the acts that God wants us to experience if we are only about vintage church. I'm so thankful that every single week, you need to know this as your pastor, I devote a majority percentage of my week towards working for other churches getting to speak to other churches and love on future church plants and leaders. And to me, I'll just be honest, I love it. You know why? Because as I read Acts, that's what the church did. Are y'all thankful also to be a kingdom united church? All right, we're going to talk about that. Ephesians chapter 2, 19 through 22. It's not on the screen. Just write that verse down because Jesus talks about, God's word talks about the apostle Paul in Ephesians talks about this. So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you're fellow citizens with the saints 
and members of the household of God built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into the holy temple of the Lord. In him you also are being built together into the dwelling place for God by the Spirit. You're going to unpack on Tuesday night what it means to be a kingdom united church. Number two. If we're going to be a live the acts kind of church, we're going to be a peace-filled church. A peace-filled church. Do you know one of the greatest times for us as a church to witness to the world? It's when we go through hard times. When we go through hard times. I'll never forget my father-in-law's battle with cancer for six plus years. Eventually, my father-in-law passed away. But every step through those six years, my boy's papa. Man, that man praised Jesus in the storm. He praised Jesus in the storm. And to me, it was the greatest confirmation that the things of this world might pass away, our health, our body, and everything else. But when you've got Jesus, you've got a peace that passes all understanding. My favorite moment ever with Papa Bruce was during Christmas, the Christmas before he died. We're all in our living room, my in-laws together, my mother-in-law's sitting at my father-in-law's feet. We're singing a beautiful song of worship led by my brother-in-law and my father-in-law, I'm telling you, with a big grin on his face, his body wasting away, is just singing up high, hands lifted to King Jesus. Church, if we're going to be a live the acts kind of church, we're going to be a church that praises Jesus in the storms. We're going to be a peace-filled Church, do you know that Jesus, as he promises the Holy Spirit, write this down. We're going to look at this together. John 14, 27 says this. Jesus says, peace I leave you and my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. At this point in time, the church was on the rise but the church was still in a battle in a world that mostly rejected Jesus. But how is the church described in the book of Acts? The church had peace. All right, we're going to be a peace-filled church. Number three, we're going to be a growth-promised church. A growth-promised church. And the kind of growth that we're going to go after it's not just the growth where as you look to your right and to your left right now, there's a few empty seats. One day, hopefully, we have to put in more seats because this place is packed out. I do believe that God is going to advance his kingdom. And I believe that as we continue to be faithful to preach God's word, God, as we plant and as we water, will bring the growth. You might want to write this verse down. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18 through 19. It says, And I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. God's kingdom is going to continue to advance. But everybody look at me. The growth that's also promised in the church is an inward growth. 
It's a becoming like Christ kind of growth. Anyone thankful that's been walking with King Jesus that at least you've somewhat become more like Jesus since you first met Jesus? Annabeth's about to yell amen. She knew how much I needed to grow. And I promise you, if you stay connected with us as we walk in the Word together, and as we together stay connected to the Lord, the Lord promises inward growth. Write down this verse. John 15, 5. John 15, 5. Jesus declares, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. Growth. For apart from me, though, you can do nothing. If we're going to be a live the acts kind of church, we get to be a growth promised church. But then there's three more things that are in this text, and it comes from that formula of success. First thing that I'm praying for that we would continue to be is that we would be a Lord-fearing church. A Lord-fearing church. Look, the church today, with all of our bells and whistles and Instagram accounts and websites and technology and sound systems and lights and signage and everything else, man, sometimes I can be so busy for Jesus that I forget about Jesus. And at the core... There's never been a mighty move of God that's ever happened throughout the history of the world that hasn't started first with the people of God bowing before God. I know that's true of your life. The only reason why you have King Jesus today is not because of anything that you've done. You can't, right? But Jesus did. And the gospel is this, because Jesus did, now you can your life in Christ started first with a repentance and a surrender to Christ. Christ saving you by His grace. Church, we have to stay in that lane. Every step of the way, we're not strutting in the presence of God saying, Oh yeah, God, you're so lucky to have created me and put me on your team. No, every step of the way, we're like, Oh God, you are worthy and I'm not. Oh God, I need you in this next step. Oh God, I am so thankful to have you. This fear, right, is not a ah! type of fear. This is a reverent, bowing, respectful, God, you are great kind of fear. Church, if we're going to be a live the acts kind of church, we're going to be a Lord-fearing church. Write down Psalm 112, verse 1. It says, praise the Lord. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commandments. At the end of the day, we're going to be here, fearing the Lord, listening to Jesus and doing what he says. But the second is this. We will be a spirit-comforting church. Fear the Lord plus comfort of the Holy Spirit. Together, we need to be a spirit-comforting church. Yes, our God is sovereign and He is Lord and we should bow, but I'm just going to confess to you, even through this COVID season, I've, yes, need to be reminded that God is great and I need to bow in His presence. But I also have needed to be reminded 
that our God is a God of grace, that he loves me, that he blesses me, that when I am weak, he is strong, that he's the lifter of my soul. Anybody else want to admit here in the house today that you've been through a rough season and God has been the God of comfort for you? May we as a church be a church that displays the glory of the gospel and through the power of the Holy Spirit unleashes comfort into people's lives. I hope that when people interact with us, his church, yes, here on Sundays, yes, on Tuesday nights during small groups, but more importantly, when we're at work or when we're balling on a basketball court or when we're hanging out with neighbors at a cookout or when we're watching the Steelers lose to the New Orleans Saints. Going to hear that all fall until it happens or not. I pray that we would be a people that through the power of the Holy Spirit unleash comfort into people's lives. Write down this verse as we come to Tuesday night. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 through 4, it says this. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort who comforts us in all our affliction so that we may be able to comfort those who are in affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. It says comfort like 17 times there. If we're going to be a live the acts kind of church, let's be a spirit comforting church. And then lastly, as we close and as the uh, Jake and, and Annabeth start to make their way up, we want to be a Jesus-multiplying church. We want to be a Jesus-multiplying church. Write down John 14, 19. Jesus declares, because I live, you also will live. All to Jesus. All to Jesus. Acts chapter 1, verse 8. But you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. I am so thankful that because this early church had a fear of the Lord, and because this early church had a comfort of the Holy Spirit, God's Word says that this church multiplied. Anyone thankful that this church didn't die? This church multiplied. You and I have Jesus today because people before us were faithful to fear the Lord, to embrace the comfort of the Holy Spirit, and to tell the whole world about Jesus. I got news for you. You can go back to places like Ephesus, modern-day Turkey. You know what you're going to find in regards to those churches? Rubble. One day, vintage church is not going to exist. But do you know who will? Jesus. And the people of God who have surrendered their lives to Him and who've spent their lives proclaiming Him. I've told you this over and over. We fail, church, if people in this city know more about vintage church than they do about Jesus. If we're going to be a live the acts kind of church, we're going to be a Jesus multiplying church. And so look up on the screen. I've got that formula for success up there again. And the formula for success is very simply the fear of the Lord plus the comfort of the Holy Spirit 
equals gospel multiplication. When I preached that message as we closed things out this past spring, I shared three challenges, and this is how we're going to close things out at our V groups this Tuesday. In order for us to do this in the name of Jesus, it's going to involve communion. Everybody look up. (laughs) Communion. Time with Jesus. So we're going to talk about that together. This fall, we are going to, every single Sunday, respond to God's word through the book of Acts by actually taking the Lord's Supper and communion together. So I'm going to invite for Josh and Ben to go ahead and make their way over here to my left, to your right. And here's the invitation in regards to communion. First of all, we want you to know that this table is for those who know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. For you cannot experience something that you've not experienced. And what we're doing is we're doing this in remembrance of Jesus who saved us. Now, here's good news for you. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, right now I invite you to trust in Jesus to repent of your sin, to put your faith and trust in Him so that the Holy Spirit might dwell within you. And maybe then, for the first time in your life, come and partake in communion with the church, celebrating this Jesus who loved you so much. But as we come and partake in communion, we're looking up in this moment. We're looking up. We're thanking Jesus. When you come over here just to show you how it's going to go down, Josh is going to make sure he holds the bread. So put the plate here and hold the, hold the bread. All right? And so he's going to hold the bread. You're going to break off a piece of bread. And that bread symbolizes Christ's body that was broken for you. Thank you, Jesus, for your body. And then you're going to dip it into the juice. Ben's holding the juice. And that juice symbolizes Christ's blood that was shed for you. It's through Christ's body, it's through Christ's blood that we have life, amen? And so in just a few moments as we sing, when you're ready, just make your way this way, come over, break off a piece of bread, dip it in the juice, and then make your way back to your seat, and let's enjoy communion with the Lord. But secondly, community, lock in, not just going to look up, have community, lock in, can I just beg of you? I had a bunch of families text me last night. We're still on vacation, Pastor Rob. We wish you could be there tomorrow. Like, selfish. No, I'm just kidding. Like, we want to see you. Sign up, remember, last week? Sign up, show up, stand up. Let's be consistent together. Let's lock in together. I need you. You need me. Let's serve together, okay? Let's lock in. I cannot live this life alone. Cannot. I need you. God designed his church. We're going to see examples throughout Acts of the church locking in together. And then lastly, ready? Commission. I ain't interested in holy huddles. I'm interested in having a huddle. No football team gets out there. Y'all didn't watch the Steelers last night? In their game, did they just huddle? How weird would that have been? (laughs) The clock keeps running, and they're just huddling. They're just talking about the play. Let's just huddle all day long. I hate to tell you, Kenny Pickett, with his small hands, he ain't never going to play if he just huddles. 
That just ain't going to happen. We want to be about commission. So when we gather together on V groups, when we gather together on Sundays, the purpose is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry so that we might go and advance the kingdom of God together. So let's stand up, church. Take a few moments, confess sins, speak to the Lord, and when you're ready, let's partake in this communion together and sing to Jesus. Lord Jesus, we love you. We worship you. We exalt your name. Lead us into this time of communion, community, and commission for your kingdom and for your glory, we pray. Amen.